for an incredible night. Oh, we're taking it up a notch. Over 400 weddings in the past 15 years, numerous awards for photography, 50,000 YouTube subscribers, oh, 240 mad. plus members on Patreon, ambassador to Magmar and student, all sorts. How, how do you do it? It gives me great pleasure to introduce Mr. Neil Redfern, everybody. As more yeah. people do that and see the benefits from it, if you don't do it, you're sort left of behind. being left behind yeah. a little bit. I think this is true now, and it was true then, and it will always be true. It's hey, be sure you stick around because we're only getting warmed up. If you can get over the fear of what other people think about you and your work, you will fly. Welcome to Think Wedding Business, the podcast where we interview leading wedding entrepreneurs and find out what makes them a success in the industry. With me, Howard Wing. And me, Adam Wing. Whether you're a florist or a photographer, a cake maker, videographer, new to the industry or just looking for some inspiration, then this is the place to be. So without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Well, good afternoon, everybody. Thank you very much for tuning in. Today's guest is a special one. This guy has branched off from his core wedding business to become a huge success on YouTube with his coaching programs on Patreon. Um, and he's here today to tell us all about how he's done it and what you can learn from him and employ into your wedding business. Um, it's this man over here. It gives me great pleasure to introduce Mr. Neil Redfern, everybody. Yeah. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you both yeah. for having me. Honestly, it's an honour. For over, now got, this is from your website. And, oh, and online. I don't I've done my research. <laughs> <laughs> I look young on there. Everyone says that. <laughs> so, um, over 400 weddings in the past 15 years, all over the world. Yeah. Uh, numerous awards for photography, which I, I've, I know about. Um, you've got your educational stuff, workshops, YouTube. 50,000 YouTube subscribers, oh, 240 mad. plus members on Patreon, ambassador to Magmar and students, all sorts. How, how do you do it? Like, how, <laughs> I don't so, know. I'm going to get found out one day. <laughs> to me, what, I wanted, what I was curious about is how, what a, like a week looks like to you. or a month, like How do you actually break all that down? And fit oh, not, not well. I really struggle with time management and it's something that I need to get better at because there's no real structure to it. Uh, and one of the things that I've struggled with, I think the past year or two, is having like fingers in quite a lot of pies. And sometimes like they all need work, sometimes some of them don't. And it's hard to try and, you know, dedicate yourself and wear lots of different hats. I, that's where I struggle. You know, I might be doing, say, a live stream one night, the next day doing a wedding, then it's something else. And it's hard to is be different a different person. Of yeah, exactly. Well, and you try not to be, but it is hard to go from one to the other. And you turn up to a wedding and the videographer's there and you turn, immediately turn to the camera and go, Welcome yes. to my YouTube channel. <laughs> Hi, Bon, how you, you ever doing? Done, you ever done yeah, that? It, it, well, switch modes. The hardest Hi. one. Yeah, because I'm, I, I would say that I'm a different person when I'm sort of talking on a live stream to other photographers in an educational sense than I am when I'm talking to a couple on an inquiry meeting. You know, it's a little slight yeah, different version of yourself. So, and that's when it's hard. You know, it's mentally yeah. it's difficult going from one to the other. But I wouldn't change it. Like, I, I love doing lots of different What's things. What's the percentage of the pie chart that is like weddings education uh well in terms YouTube. of income now it's 50 50 maybe if anything i'm sort of earning a little bit more now from the education side than than i am from actually weddings um and i try i'd like it to be like that as well um but yeah i would say the education side i bundle it all together that's for me that's that's flash masters patreon youtube workshops and then the other side is weddings. And, well, and that's I'd, more than 50% of your actual 
business yeah, now. Yeah, as of last year it was, yeah. Yeah, this I was quite brilliant. surprised myself. And this is kind of what we want to talk I mean, about, isn't it? Yeah, but I, I'm going to take it back to the beginning in a minute, but I think it's brilliant the way that you've kind of differentiated. And I think the COVID and, and the lockdowns have, have, have taught people you need to have some extra little sidelines and build yeah. some other parts of your business. We're going to go into that and how you've managed to do that. But I want to take it right back to the beginning. Yeah. Wedding photographer. Busiest, one of the most well-known, well-established. Oh, mate. Mega, I, mean, I, I met you years ago. I mean, we did Neil, uh, sorry, Tom Harrington's wedding together. And yeah. you've always been there as, and you've been known and respected for many, many years. When, why did you get into weddings? When did you first start? And more importantly, what sort of marketing things did you do to help you really build your photography business at the beginning stages? Yeah, good question. So I started, as I think a lot of photographers start, which is almost like by accident that I had at the time a big camera. I had a proper job. I was working in marketing for, for a law firm, um, quite boring everything. But I did do uni at university, I did photography, um, but it didn't go anywhere. And then I got ended up getting like a, say like a, a boring safe nine to five. And it was 2005, which is like in the olden days now, when I was working, a friend of mine knew that I had, say, a big camera and was getting married, wasn't going to have a photographer at all, but knew that I liked taking photographs of the cat, of landscapes and stuff. So she said, oh, would you be interested in shooting our wedding? So, yeah, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'll, I'll give it a go. Uh, and, and, and really enjoyed it. I mean, if I look back now, those pictures are terrible. I mean, like, awful. But at the time, I was quite happy with them. She was happy with them. And it sort of snowballed from there because I was very lucky that at that wedding, there was another one of her friends was there who was in the same position. Mm. She didn't have a photographer, did another one. It was never going to be a job at that point, but just slowly, and it was... It, it was helped by the fact back then, say 2005, there was not the competition out there. Like, you know, yeah. people, a lot of photographers didn't have websites. This was like the, the Yellow Pages days. So I was able what, to... What's Yellow Pages? <laughs> Uncle Howard will explain to you later. Um, that yeah. was that, but that was the way years ago, how to market yourself. You yeah. Get, you get an advert in the Yellow Pages. You call yourself you? AAA photographer. <laughs> <laughs> One of my original businesses that I worked in with your dad. We call it his ABC garage doors. Yeah, that's what would come top on the other pages. That's what people used to do back then. Yeah, so but it's funny you were saying about your your first uh, your first wedding and how bad your you thought your picture. Oh, were. Adam's awful, mate. His his first wedding video was horrendous. My first wedding gig ever. Now I was like, oh my god. But that just that's just the little seeds in it. That yeah, that I mean, everyone's got to take the first start step. Of it. it would be a poor show if. <laughs> yeah, my that was first your best film work. was better than my, my stuff. Now. Well, and, and this is it, isn't it? This is what we say to people. You, it, it takes time to get really good, but it doesn't matter if you shit at the beginning. Of course. Because you're going to learn and progress and go yeah. on. And, and the couple that I did my first wedding for, after they were like, oh, that was fantastic. And I was like, really? Yeah. <laughs> you know? it's, all, it's all about, yeah, just setting expectations. No one's expecting you to go and shoot the best one you've ever shot on your first mm -hmm. wedding. And the couple know that because I did that one for free. And then the next one, I think I charged, it was something minimal. It was to pay for another lens. So I was thought those early weddings, I would actually sell myself to the couple. I was, oh, if you book me, I'm going to buy, I'll use the money to buy this piece of equipment. And that's how I grew. It wasn't about money back then, yeah, but I, cool. I enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. And that was the main thing. You thought, oh, something really resonates in this. So I want to do more of it. And then I just slowly, slowly grew word of mouth, really. And it went, I was a big gap for me compared to what I think a lot of people do these days. But from the first went into full time was five years, quite a long time. 
because I wanted to build it to a level where I could do that. Um, and yeah, it was it was word of mouth in those early days. And and I think this is true now, and it was true then, and it will always be true. It's networking. It's knowing other people. Johnny Draper proved that. You know, back then, I remember I I started off like putting a lot of effort into into Google SEO and everything like that. But if you get to know people on a personal basis, as you two know this, like that lasts the, the test of time and it, it can last for years. Yeah. And, and I did that by like meeting up with lots of photographers. So before I went full time, one of the reasons was I think it was it was a huge shift in lifestyle to go from a nine to five where I was going into town, into Manchester, working in the middle of Manchester every day to working from home. Like that was like pretty scary. I don't really think I realized how big a lifestyle change that was until six months down the line. It's like, this is pretty tough. And I'm an introverted person, but to not be around people in the daytime can send you a bit crazy. So I reached out to loads of photographers at the time, people like Pete and Laura Lawson, uh, the Crawleys, Johnny Draper, and I got to know Johnny. He organised a style shoot years ago. Who are all massive now as well. By yeah, the way. exactly. Yeah. But the great thing about that shoot was that it it sort of showed me the value of getting to know all the photographers. And at the same time, I was reaching out. I say this is going to be about 2009, 10, 11, that sort of time. And we would go out every month. And the agreement we all had, we had a Facebook group, is you could only get into the Facebook group if you're going to come out on a night out with us. And we yeah, did it right. every single month. And that grew to about a hardcore about 20 30 photographers and we go out and just get drunk and everything like that and it was a really good laugh and my bookings then would come from those people and if i had an inquiry that i couldn't do i've sent to those people and it just that's grew really from there. interesting because obviously we talk about it's great to know a massive group of different wedding suppliers in different fields but that's yeah. really personal between in your niche a lot of people probably probably shy away from that thinking oh they're not going to recommend because they want the business themselves yeah but when you're in that friendly this sort of outfit something i've done there's um yeah i'm in a wedding video referral group on facebook and yeah we, we're, we're all friends we go out together but we we made this little facebook group we've got a whatsapp group as well yeah and there's there's like 10 of us and we recommend each other work because we're all at the same sort of level yeah but keeping it that small means that you're going to get quality referrals back oh and yeah well you see quite it regularly and there's a good chance that the book because you're all at the same sort of level and price point um, and so I've got the huge network of, I go to the Andy Murphy event, yeah. Yeah. as we discussed in the last one. And you've niched it down. And, 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 I, and I try and keep in with as many suppliers as I can and keep the relationships going. But I've also, at the same time, got my little small one. Yeah, and that's um, brilliant. Because I think two reasons. One, it, you, you, we all see it. If you put a just a general referral in a, in a large Facebook group, it's like vultures and you get yeah. 50 comments. Oh, so yeah. There's no way, A, people are going to refer that many photographers. And even if they do... What's a couple going to do with that 50 names? It's too many. So what I prefer to do is now re recommend and refer a very small group of people because when I send that in, uh, referral off to couples, I can introduce them. Yeah. You know, I can add them into the email. But you also know the quality of the people Exactly. As well, don't you? And it, it can be more name-checked. Like, yeah, of course. Because they're, they're not, reflecting your brand. Although you're booked and they're not going to book you, it's still a professional thing to, if you're going to recommend someone, they, if they were, if you didn't know them and they turned out to be pants, exactly. It bad on you, of course it? it does. Yeah. So I, I yeah. think for anybody listening who's starting out in the wedding industry as a photographer, I think that's the real takeaway: is create your own sort of mini network. But people that are on your level that you can all move up together with, 
with but to keep it quite small like, yeah. like you did yeah. yeah but that doesn't just apply to photographers that can no, be anyone no it can, can be anyone a cake yeah, maker it, it can be anyone yeah, yeah and, and that network can include other suppliers as well it doesn't have to yeah. just be photographers but I do think there's two key things are keeping the group small tight knit and you've got to know the people you've got to really know them as well because these are the people that if I don't know if we can swear on here but if like if, you if, can swear, man. If the shit is the fan, no they're going to... No they're gonna, yeah, Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if the shit is the fan, they're going to get you back. You know, like the, what yeah. if you... And thankfully, it's never happened, but if I break my leg and can't do a wedding, I don't want to put, like, a general, like, help message out in a, in a big Facebook group. I want to go to people I know I can trust. And the reason you know you can trust me because they're actual mates of yours, and, that, and it's genuine. I bet that's brilliant. Speaking yeah. of shit in the fan, um, obviously, like, you know... One of for me, one of your USPs is the fact that you've you've built this successful successful photography business, but you've branched off into education, which is a kind of sub part of of the business that not you know not a lot of people think about because they're focused on getting wedding bookings. Of course, yeah, and that's your core business. But you've done so well in branching out on this educational side um, and having, like we've said before, eggs in different baskets. And I know it was like it was the COVID shit hitting the fan thing. Yeah. That, give you that nudge for that yeah so how well, did all that how did the education stuff start and was it was it youtube because i know yeah so to go back a little bit like i started youtube almost by accident because people would ask me because i do a lot of camera flash work which is which is taking images which look very different to what we see is with our human eyes basically mm. so you get a lot of photographers like oh how did you do that so I, I started when I started getting those questions, mainly through a group called the Magmod Community, which if, every, if everybody's interested in off-camera flash, then that's a great Facebook group to learn. What was that called again? Called the Magmod Community. So Magmod, Magmod produce, yeah, M-A-G-M-O-D. They yeah. produce modifiers for, for speed lights, which can just change the way that a speed light will, the light will come out, whether it's a colour, whether it's shaping the light, all that sort of stuff. Um, and I, I was a member of that group and I used the MagMod products a lot. So I would produce images and just tend to put them in that group. And people say, oh, how do you do this? So rather than typing everything out, um, I'd think, oh, I'm just going to do like a, a YouTube video. And, it, and at that point, it was literally just a photo with me talking over the top, just narrating it. Yeah. Because I, I wouldn't dare to show my face on camera. That'd be no way. Mm -hmm. So it's just me saying, for this photograph, I use two speed lights. I put one here and one here. And I just put diagrams on the screen, post that video into that group, into that Facebook group. And it just sort of like took off. And it's like people were subscribing. It's like, oh, I, did, I literally didn't know what a subscriber was. Because back then, you're probably looking like 2016, 17. To me, YouTube was just how you find out how to fix a leaky tap, literally, yeah, or watch cat yeah, videos. Yeah. And yeah. I didn't know what... Explain you know, the videos. Yeah, <laughs> and then people started to, to watch these comments. I thought, oh, I'll do another one, and another one. And I started to get a bit of a following there. At the same time, I was running workshops. I just so enjoyed workshops because I get as much of a buzz out of doing workshops as you do, as you'll both know. When you leave a wedding, you think, that went really well. Like, you leave on a bit of a high. Mm. And that was what I would leave a workshop feeling like. So I enjoyed like doing the two together and it sort of went hand in hand and people then started to find me on YouTube and would then attend a workshop because they found me on YouTube. So it started filtering in that way. And that's how it was uh, up until shit the fan again with uh, our friends Rishi and Boris like shafting us because um, I'm, I'm a limited company. I know you can relate to this. And 
Yeah. Uh, so for me, it was a question of you don't get paid anything. We're not going to help you at all unless you don't work. And it's like, I can't not work. So I didn't get anything. So what I did was think, right, I'm going to have to really grow. And my what the silver lining towards that was I was sort of, had spurred on by bitterness and hatred for the fecking Tories. I thought, right, <laughs> if I can come out of this and give a big, like, two fingers to them who tried to kill my business, then I'll, I'll have done my job. So it really spurred Brilliant. me on. So I thought, I've got this little bit of a following, which I'm very fortunate to have. But anger was your motivation. It was, I can it really was. sense it. Yeah, yeah it, no, it was. And still is now. Use motivation. Yeah, it's anger's still, one of them, brilliant. Yeah, and it was like, okay, they're trying to shaft me. I'm going to prove them wrong. And it was good in a way because maybe... You know, we all get a little bit maybe complacent and stuff. And now it's like, this is now a challenge. Like, this is a really good challenge that I've got. If I can come through this better, then, then yeah, I've succeeded. So I had that bit of a, say, a very, very small but following on, on YouTube and stuff. And people would come onto my workshops. And those people, when they had come onto a workshop, went into a Facebook group. So again, I had my own little group. I thought, I'm gonna now create this online community because we couldn't do much else at the time other than online. So set up my Patreon, yeah, which was- the time of Zooms. And exactly, yeah, yeah. And I didn't know, I hadn't even heard of Zoom before before that time. Line hangouts. Exactly, yeah. That time whenever, yeah, do you remember yeah. that Clubhouse? Yeah. There was others on there as well, yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was decent for a bit, but yeah, so I, then set all this Patreon, which is basically this online community. And I was also fortunate, I think, that it, we set it up then. So the photographer that joined were also struggling because they didn't have work to do either. You know, it's mentally, it's tough when your purpose is taken away from you. So we, mm. we set up this online community and we'd hold regular live streams. Those live streams originally were set up to, let's talk about this. But then it become like just chatting. Like every month we'd, we'd have three or four live streams, one or two of which were just, open Q&As and those Q&As just became general hangouts and they became longer. This, they were going to be two hours, then it'd be three hours, then we'd be drinking on them and it, this community was formed again. Um, and it was really good and, and that community now is still is still now going really strong and and I do feel like I succeeded because it's still, it's become now a big part of my business. My overall business now changed because of what happened during that lockdown time. Yeah. Do you think having that YouTube following gets you more or maybe better wedding bookings? And how can anybody who's watching this think, well, I might try and branch off and do that. Is it gonna benefit me and is it gonna benefit my wedding business? What have the benefits been and have you seen more bookings because of it or better quality bookings? Yeah, or? I would say indirectly, it definitely does. And, and even if you're not interested in YouTube, what I would always implore people to do, and I've learned a lot from the Patreon as well because I, I'm now doing these live streams all the time where I'm learning from other people constantly. Mm -hmm. um, so just to cut in Patreon for anyone that's what, it's, it's essentially, it's OnlyFans, but not sexual, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, it can be. <laughs> Depends how much I to drink. Depends how much you're willing to Depends pay. If you join the VIP package, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can we put a link to that below? Um, <laughs> Patreon is a subscription based where you you share your yeah. content and people that like your content can sub join subscribe. It's a way to fund a YouTuber, isn't it? Yeah, really, basically, it, it's them. allowing someone to. I, it allows me to, to have the time to produce content that I feel benefits everyone. Yeah. So it's like it's like watching a YouTube channel, I guess, just but behind the curtain. Yeah, so exactly. Yeah, back yeah. Back. And um, but one of the things, like going back to what you said there about has YouTube grow my yeah. wedding business as such in terms of bookings. 
I th it certainly does no harm, and I always try and drop it in. I don't make it a big selling point, but it does no harm to drop it in. And one of the things that I think is really good is that people can see me, because people buy people, and they can see that I'm a legitimate person. You know, I'm not like a, a fake a fake uh, business or anything like that, and that adds legitimacy. But I think it also shows you as, a, as, an, as an expert and an industry leader because you are the teacher, you are the sensei. And I, I say this all the time, who, who do, would you rather book, the, the, the teacher or the student? Yeah. And if people are going to stretch for it and pay that more bit extra to get the teacher, they, they always will do, I think. Yeah. So I think it's good for stuff like that, that kind of authority within the industry. But yeah. I, I, you I, are I, seeing wedding inquiries and bookings that... I've definitely from. had bookings directly from it, yeah, and uh, and also an increase in photographers actually inquiring because they'll see me on there as well. Adam's had this with his with his YouTube yeah. channel, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, people who's only found him on YouTube. Yeah. Thought, when I get married, I'm on a book, Adam. Yeah, because well, I watch his YouTube. We've, we've spoken about this because I started my YouTube maybe a little bit after you, mm -hmm. but, and then I, you were a big motivation, inspiration of mine, and I'm always well, thank spoken you. about the numbers and the stats and stuff. But it was the same. My video, my YouTube content is aimed at videographers. Yeah. Never thought it would... I actually tried to keep it away from couples because I thought I'm a little bit too honest and frank yes, on my yes, YouTube. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm turning up at wedding and I'm showing people how to like shortcut yeah. filming and like I'm leaning against walls and go, I don't need to film that. So I didn't want couples seeing that. Yeah, I totally but get that. They found it because it is up there and... The response I got, like, I do now get couples that find me on YouTube and go, oh, we just loved being able to see you in person on the day. Yeah. Like, we loved how relaxed, and, like, it, it actually, oh, I found it really interesting how you actually get stuff, and it... it they can see the real you behind the scenes, It what you they? say on your website about being discreet, but we're actually able to see it, and I, I think that's, it's the same for me, it's helped me get bookings. Oh, totally, but what I, and one and of I things... never did it for that, but... No, it's a nice knock-on effect, yeah. and even if you don't want to start a YouTube channel, cause it can be a bit scary, I think... I would definitely say you can have the same effect if you just put yourself on stories more. Instagram, just letting yeah. people see your face, your personality comes through. And, and it's funny because I watch people on, on Instagram stories now who, not so much photographers, just in general life, just who are who people who I follow, and I feel like I know them, which is mad, mm. because you think, oh, I know that, like, I know where they live, I know, I know what they do day to day, and I feel like I've got an insight into their life, and that makes them very relatable, and then yeah. people will book you because well, people you, you book people again. That on, from a brand and groom's point of view, if they're watching you all the time on stories on YouTube, wherever it is, and they do feel like they know you then they're going to be like, oh, we've got to have Adam at the wedding. Exactly. It's like we already, and it, for any supplier, florist, whatever, if you can, if a couple can watch you, do what you do, buy think, into you, then it's, by the time they come to book the, the wedding date... It, I think it goes no, back right, to... Because right. like photography and videography, it's quite a saturated market. And I always mm. say this, you know, what, what can you do that those other people perhaps won't do? How, what can make you stand out more? I think showing yourself more you know, the real you on those platforms is going to stand you in good stead. Oh, so totally, it's not yeah. just a nice pretty picture or a nice pretty video. It's all, oh, this is the person behind the scenes, but we're getting to see them. Yeah, uh, and it's becoming more and more important because the thing is, as more people do that and see the benefits from it, if you don't do it, you're sort of being left behind yeah. a little bit. Yeah, and it is scary, but you don't, no one's expecting you to be a TV presenter. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. a question of just getting comfortable with just doing it. The more you do it, it becomes easier. I'm already talking 10, 15 seconds if you're using stories, but it will definitely make you more of a real How would person. You, if someone is struggling with that, like they've got they've got the phone in front of them and they're, they're, like, and they're thinking, I, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't want to be on camera. Yeah. Like, well, that was me. That was definitely me. Have you got any tips on how, how you can... 
get over that. I think with anything, it's just the more you do something. And and like for me, if, if you can go back on my YouTube channel now, you'll see that the first six months, the first 20 videos I made, I did not show my face once. And then when I did, it was like, hi, I'm Neil looking away. Uh, <laughs> and in today's video, I'm, I'm gonna, and it was really like that. And now it is like, it, it, it's a performance because mm. I am an introverted person. I, I'm not someone who, who could, you know, it doesn't come naturally to me, but the more you do anything, you just get used to yeah. it all you the get, time. You, I know the answer because I, I went through it myself. And yeah. you, all, you, all I did was I hit record. I, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. I can't yeah. do this. And I was hitting record as I was thinking it. Yeah. Because as soon as it's recording, got to do it. Got to do it. It's <laughs> totally different. Yeah. yeah. You get it's like it's an act. Like you you turn on in your head. You're going right. How am I going to say this? How am I, as soon as the camera hits record, you sh you're like, oh shit, I'm on. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh hi. And you just got to do it. And yeah. Then you, I think the best way to do it, it is actually record it as a separate video rather than do exactly something live that, on yeah. stories. Because not a lot of people do that. Yeah. And you delete the first five. Yeah. And, always. And God, if you knew how much crap I would say on a video and I had to cut it out and it's like you know it, it could take me 40 minutes to do a 10 minute video because you've got yeah. the amount of uh uh oh that, that wasn't right uh you know you know you know all the time but yet no one no one's expecting there's an ums be, and you know oh god yes yeah do you, I was going to ask do you find because obviously your content is geared towards other photographers yeah. that are wanting to learn from you do you then find that that helps with your referrals in, in terms of bookings? Because I found that is videographers that are booked, that because they follow me and they like my work, they're like, you've, like I'm booked, but try this person. Yeah, definitely. Most of my referrals now are, are from photographers. Mm. Uh, and, and, it, and those photographers probably found me originally on YouTube and we've just become friends. Yeah. I say like I get referrals in, in from my own Patreon network who have yeah. joined, yeah, they've joined the Patreon to learn, but then because we then become friends online, because it's like live streams all the time, that they then see each other as being friends and they'll refer each other Do that way. Do you know way. what it is? Because you've provided so much value in your content over the years, they probably feel indebted to maybe maybe but equally i will also, i also give back like if i'm going to have like say a second shooter at a wedding i will i will put a request out in that group you know mm -hmm. it's always you know you you help me i'll help you and that's how it's always we've been. had some of our students buy our our course because of that yeah. you know, precise fact they say i've watched all of adam's videos and we did this thing called wing wednesdays where we'd give i remember some, they were cool content. yeah yeah and they'd say I feel we got so much value from it we just felt we should just buy your course yeah. you know, I did it this week with a fishing magazine that or a fishing book from I love this you fishing YouTube channel it's called Winning Ways with Andy May and Jamie Hughes and cool. I watched loads of the video and I just felt I wanted to give them something back so I bought the book yeah, at the end of the of video so by the way we've written a book I said I'm just going to buy it yeah yeah, well, I do the same. I support people on Patreon as well, like not photographers, but just people who I, whose content I enjoy. And it's like, you know, I'll, I'll, I don't mind even if I don't always watch that stuff. It's just, it is helping someone. And yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm really fortunate well, that I've got that. I, I think, yeah, YouTube channel. I think people should, I mean, I don't do a lot with my YouTube channel at all. You, you're the biggest YouTube that I know within our sort of wedding world. Um, You'd recommend people have a YouTube channel, and if you do, hundred percent. What, what do you? How could somebody get started in it? Can you give us some advice on I don't know thumbnails or SEO with it, or is it just a case of like we said before, just do and learn along the way? Or is there any advice you yeah. can give people who want to start a YouTube post channel? All this sort of stuff on Instagram, as you're saying, they should. Yeah. But if they went YouTube specific, there's, well, I what, know there's there's the 
politics of like how you set up your thumbnail, how you yes. your title, how you yes, well you'll know all this, yeah, and and it's it's an ever moving target, and no one really ever knows the dark arts of what goes into YouTube. It's similar to Instagram, isn't it? It's yeah, the it's always changing. And it's, yeah. yeah, and I can produce videos that I think, do you know what? That was decent, and it'll just nosedive, and I'll also put a video out that might be a ten minute challenge. And it took me literally 10 minutes and it'll fly. And it's annoying, but that's just the way it is. But my first, well, one thing I would always say to kick off, it's an open goal. You've got nothing to lose and very, very, very few photographers are doing it. So if whether you want to appeal to photographers, to, to couples, maybe just show a little bit behind the scenes at your weddings, do it because nobody else is. So you, if you're doing that, you're creating a niche for yourself that nobody else is in. Even now, there's very few that it are still doing it. It blows my mind how... And YouTube... YouTubing has been a thing. For yeah, but no, no one's now. doing it. So yeah. one, it's going to set you apart. It's the USP. The other thing I would always say is just do it. Like th there's a, a a really good phrase which is done is better than perfect. If you're thinking, oh, I can't put that out. It's not quite right. Just put it we out. We have one. Move on. We have a saying. Good is good, good, is good enough. If that that works. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like the the worst thing you can do is procrastinate and go over the content, and try and edit the life out of it until you think, okay, it's done now, and it might take you two days to edit. Just put it out. And move on to the next one because the way you'll improve is just by putting stuff out learning the process doing it time and time again and you become quick as well so i would say to anyone especially if you want just to appeal to, to couples just take it i don't know five minutes behind the scenes at a wedding day you could even talk into the camera whilst you're shooting that wedding like oh it's gone so well so far just on the speeches they were hilarious here's i'm going to put forward here's a little, little snippet we're about mm -hmm. to do the first dance now something like that but you know five minute stories if you do that, you're in a pool of virtually no one in the UK, mm. literally. I think, I think a lot of couples need extra validation sometimes. So they'll look on your website, they'll look yeah. on your Instagram, they'll look on your Facebook, they'll look on your YouTube. And if you've got so many platforms, the better. Yeah, exactly. the more places. And then they, yeah, I've made my decision now. I've seen him on YouTube. Wow, I love the way he shoots his weddings. I can see him at my wedding. I've seen his Instagram. I've seen his reviews. That's the boy. And Rather I, than just have one platform or maybe one. Oh yeah, definitely. Platform. You never know you're going to be found. Plus, like YouTube is owned by Google, and YouTube will come up in search results. So if you were to sort of SEO your title for you know wedding photographer at X that, venue, then and that content is evergreen as well. Because if you put something on Facebook or on Instagram, a week later it's gone. Just to drill this point home, not only if someone searches on YouTube. Could your video? Oh, found. I'm talking about Google. Yeah. If you go yeah. to Google and search for a wedding venue or a specific wedding tour, live test. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Wingy. Right here we go. Right, we're on. These oh, is going off piece. This is Google. Yes, exactly. So this is good. I'm not. I'm not at the top here, but I'm. But I'm here and I'm oh, here God. and I'm there. And is that Adam? No, I'm there. I'm there again. There's some other singers. So. It works on YouTube. Some other singers um, above you. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> telling you who those singers are. <laughs> You'll cut this bit. None of them are as good as me. <laughs> well, the point is, yeah, if you if you make a video and it could be like wedding photographer at Mitten Hall, you you will. It's giving you an extra way to be found. And it's that's coming up on actual Google. Yeah, and and the thing not is, that video YouTube. can last for years. Mm. And and as I said, like with with Instagram, with Facebook, that's very that's it's content that lasts for a day or two and I, it goes. I did those videos. Must be. Eight, nine, eight, seven, eight years ago, something yeah. like that. And we're, we're talking Still about there. SEO here. Like, this is in, not just writing blog posts and trying to use specific search terms to be at the top of Google. You can actually make a video. And is it the case that um, 
Google, the algorithm prefers to put videos higher up. Than, I think than so. Text links than websites. I, I, I know that you will always get video results on the first page. Yeah. You know, it might vary as to where it shows that. Yeah, but so it's, if you're going to do, as a supplier, do a blog post and try and SEO it as just a written text web page, yeah. you're going to struggle to get on the top page, whereas videos always have a section on the first page so there's totally a and what i'd always recommend if you want to really go down this route i don't do this but i should it would be to do a blog post with the video embedded in it yeah, from youtube cool. so you've got both you're hitting both sides yeah. yeah and what you said before about it being an open goal this is this if you're approaching youtube as a supplier like it, you can t you could go at it with the mindset of targeting couples. I'm going to post behind the scenes videos in the hopes that couples will see them. Or you can go down the, I want to, you know, I'm a, I don't know, I'm a hairstylist and I want to educate other hairstylists. And of course, you want to yeah. Those people. But, and it doesn't matter which way you go, it can kind of all overlap. And you might find that you're targeting brides, but all of a sudden you've got other suppliers in your niche yeah. that are enjoying it. So then you go off on a new tent and this is how your business can of branch Of course. Off. I mean, there is, how I said it before, there is never anything wrong with, it's a it's a wanky thing, but like to become an, an influencer or an authority within any particular subject, there's never going to be a downside to that. You know, you'll just get nice things happening as a result of doing it. Yeah. So, but again, the first, just, just do it. Like people worry about, oh, what well, I can't do it because what will that person think? What will that person think? Who cares? People live the life and the expectations of others sometimes, don't they? And oh, and it's, get, it's really and sad. It's going to stick you. You're going to. You're not going to do anything if you're worrying about other people thinking. Just. just it's one of the biggest things. If you can get over the fear of what other people think about you and your work, you will fly. And it's such a shame that people are literally handcuffed to that fear. And I know people, for example, lots and lots of photographers who should be doing workshops because they're brilliant educators and their work is incredible, but they won't or they don't because of the fear of, well, I can't because I'm not good enough because what will that person think? They'll, they'll yeah. you know, and it's such a shame. Uh, and and I, all I can say is I've gone through that of worrying, that process, come through it the other side and now just think, if somebody doesn't like what I, what I do, good, because it shows that you're doing something right. You never please some, you know, you never makes everybody like you. And if you do something that other people disagree with, who cares? And I, I've always had the saying, you're not being successful enough if you're not pissing anybody off. Yeah, and, and, uh, and <laughs> it's, it's brilliant that. And I've learned a lot actually, from, like Ricky Gervais, he's, he's a brilliant philosopher on stuff like this. And he always says, you know, you, you're only doing a good job when you're pleasing some people and displeasing other people. Otherwise you're just vanilla. And, yeah. and I'm not trying there to displease anyone, but I know that like, when you said about AI before, I made an AI video recently that I got a lot of like hate for on YouTube. It's only my opinion. And it's like, well, well, cool. Like, I'm not trying to please everyone. It's just how I see this. Um, and it's just being authentic to me. And well, the, the internet is full of oh, you, negativity you, in it. And you've got to understand, yeah, whatever you do, whatever you do, you could come up with a cure for cancer. Someone will slam you for it online. It's, it's just yeah. the way it is. And that, but that's another sticking point for people. It's, it's that, like okay, I've got my head around it. I've posted something. I've I've really come up, come out of myself and battled through my inner stuff to to put a video yeah. online. And then the first comment is someone going, "Oh, you look rubbish," or "You sound you don't yeah. sound like because I've had that." Or "Your sound quality is terrible," and it's yeah. just like it's disheartening. It but, is. It is. Um, you just got to. There's there's no way of doing it. That you just got to just be laser focused. Yeah. Or you're going to retreat back into that little shell. Or yeah. you're going to think, "Well, forget that." 
yeah. know what I want to do. Yeah, and, and I, I, it's such a shame when people do feel that way because it's just hindering them from reaching their potential. And it's the same with Instagram. Yeah. Like if you put something out and you think that's not, you know, you can't put some video content out and think that's going to be the best I ever produced if you've only just started. Just understand it's a process. Yeah. And the people who always say negativity online, guaranteed they're unhappy with their own selves. That's just a fact. Because yeah. um, if they're striving for their own goals, then they've not got time to stop. Exactly. People, yeah, exactly. People. Like it, it's such a shame. And um, yeah, you just got to try and ignore that noise and just, just carry on and just think, you know, I'm doing this for me. It's brilliant advice. It's Across the board, wedding businesses as a whole, that's just brilliant. So for, yeah, for advice. anyone listening to this, whatever type of wedding supplier you are, A, do YouTube and and, and, and the other platforms, Instagram yeah. as well, just get that content on there, regardless of whether you want to become like an educator or whatever, because it's all going to feed back into your bookings with your couples. Yeah. Um, being that influencer in your niche, that's going to give you kudos with brides and with other suppliers 100 percent. yeah there are no downsides it doesn't matter whether your information is any good or not if you're putting yourself out there and the people will look at that and go well they're they're, t- they're sharing their wisdom on youtube or perceived wisdom on youtube so yeah. they must know what they're talking about so there's that like even if you don't know what you're talking about you're going to get that perceived yeah platform. and i will say just be authentic because people will see through you if you're not authentic, whether you're putting stuff yeah, out on Instagram, yeah, yeah. whether it's YouTube. If you don't know something, say you don't know something. Yeah. My, like, my God, like, there is so much that I don't know. Like, there's a, there's a member of my patron called Martin Chung who knows the inside Martin, and outside yeah. of a... Oh, I love Martin. Like, I've learned so much from him. He knows so much more than I do about how a camera works. And, on, you know, on my streams, if somebody asks me a question and Martin's on there, I'd be like... Uh, Martin, because I yeah. don't know, but mm. I'd much prefer to do that and just admit that I don't know something than sort of try and just lie. into that more these days because yeah, it's, it's authentic. genuine. There's, yeah. Gary V says, document, don't create. You know, don't don't come at it with like, I've, I've got the answer for this and you need to be doing this because yeah. it, it, you'll just get caught out. If you don't Correct. You know the ins and outs of what you're talking about, you're going to get caught out. Yeah, so, so just all, don't pretend. All I've yeah. ever done is this is what I do at weddings and this is what works for me and I'm sharing it if, if you it like it great you. and if, yeah. it, if you don't fair exactly and that's how you've got to take it like you said before Adam that you know you were worried about Bryce seeing your videos because you might have a certain time where you you know you, you're you're taking a bit of time out on a wedding yeah. day but the end of the day Bryce are booking you because of your end result which is incredible the work you're producing it doesn't matter how you get there so if, as long as you're being authentic about how you get there, it doesn't matter, does it? Like, no one's like thinking, oh, I'm not going to book Adam because you know he spoke to the camera for a few minutes. They're booking you because that end result mm. is brilliant. Yeah, Every, yeah. anyone listening should... And it's not just this is a great way that you can branch off and have a, 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 extra string to your business. This is like this is something you should be doing now because, because after COVID, we all should have learned that lesson of you need to have as many things yeah. going as you can. And even if it's more, just another platform to feed into your core business, or you want to go on that platform in mm. order to do other stuff like educational stuff or separate sub business stuff, you should be doing something. Yeah, I think so. Especially as you know, I'm also getting a little bit older and I don't know. I don't want to be that 55, six year old photographer trying to appeal to 25 year old brides anymore, like be that weird guy. <laughs> so at some point, you know, I, I, I as, as the, the other side of my business increases, I will have to 
understand that maybe it's going to be hard to get bookings. Sorry, I wasn't Sorry. looking at you for any reason. <laughs> I've got these fears. You right. must be 35, I've got I don't know fear. how old you are. I said this to me the other day, and I said, Howard, how long are you going to keep singing for? I said, as, as, if I ever start feeling like I'm an old bloke turn up at somebody's wedding, I'm probably going to stop it then. I'm, I'm hopefully I've got many years to come, yeah. but I've always got the fear of like turning up and looking like some I didn't, I didn't some old bloke turning up at a wedding. But I, yeah. I, I didn't want to lose track of what you're saying there. But the, the minute you said about being that old, like it, it's true. We've all I, I'm even I'm conscious of the shelf life of what I do. Oh mate, you're a young pup. <laughs> well, I know, and I, I know I've still got a few years in me, but but I I don't ever want to be the kind of guy that I talk couples out of booking. Yes. I use that in my spiel of like, yeah. you know, you don't want the old guy with the camera that's that. Like, I want to be on a level with my couple of course. all times. Yeah. Um, and it, not that I have to be the same age as them, but if I can stay youthful and still have that... I've got to watch my level just drift apart and apart. <laughs> yeah, but so, I, you're, you're youthful and you've got you are, banter. You are. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, don't yeah. turn up yeah. and dress like an old man and look like yeah, an old man. Yeah, I'm not miserable, but I, I bring the fun. Of course, stuff, so, exactly. Yeah. And people see you but, what but you do is, at weddings. It's a good yeah. point because there is a shelf life and obviously your business now has become 50% this. Yeah. So are you... Great achievement in, that, by the way. I've just got to you. commend you on that. Yeah, well, it wasn't well even done. a conscious decision. I say it happened it's, more by... By the circumstance. Like, in terms of a monetary point of view, because like, mm-hmm. you know, I know how how little money you make through YouTubing. Oh, that's pocket money. Um, yeah, it's, it's the nothing, offshoots of it. But then using that to build everything else that you've done, like this is a massive achievement, because I Thank know how you. hard it is to earn that kind of money that you can get from weddings through doing the, the online stuff. Yeah, the it's, stuff. it's something that I always wanted to do in the longer term. COVID just fast-tracked it, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So um, are you... Are you Conscious? Are you are you like making that decision to do less weddings and focus? Yeah, I, I want to shoot ideally for me now, say fifteen weddings a year. But I want to because last year I shot 45, 46 weddings, which was just too many. On top of the other things, it was it wasn't healthy. I'll hold my hands up. I'll get depressed. And for the first time ever, I was waking up on wedding days thinking I don't want to go. And I've never felt that in fifteen yeah. years, and that was scary. And also, I think your work suffers when you feel like that. I worry that it might come across to my couples. I, I mean, hopefully it never did. Mm. But I was just burnt out. Literally, yeah, I was mate, burnt you, out. You've, you've recognised that and gone, I need yeah. to do something about it. Yeah, exactly. So I want to now have, say, 15 weddings that I can go to, put everything into it, and know that I've given them everything I can. I want to stay till as late as I need to, stay till midnight, yeah. do the best job I can. And also, if I'm being honest as well, see that wedding as being potentially, and I hate the word, but like content, you know, trying to get a little bit of stuff at those weddings because that will then feed into the other things that I do. But basically, give everything I can to those 15 weddings rather than diluting my service a little bit. So anybody who's booked Neil Redfern to shoot the wedding is going to stay till midnight. You heard it here, yeah, guys. Well, I don't mind. I honestly don't see, mind. I've got some wedding uh, photographer mates who are like, first dance, come on! Come yeah. on! <laughs> well, the other thing as well... I'm not saying is, any well, names. No, no. I've, I've never... Again, it sounds like... <laughs> I hate, sometimes I hate saying certain things. It just makes you sound like a prick, basically. But weddings are my passion. Like, photography my passion. When I'm going to weddings, like, I'm enjoying it. Yeah, and yeah. that's why I was scared last they year. amazing. Exactly. So I, I don't want, if I see, like, you know, if, of course I'll leave if, if, I've, if it's the first dance at eight o'clock and then, say, I get an hour's worth of good dancing and then it's sort of, then the buffets and it's like, oh, I've probably got enough now. Yeah. But if I haven't, or if I think this couple are brilliant, they're bringing yeah. everything, they might have fireworks at half 10, they might be a, a, a 
sacks off and something coming on like at 11 yeah. I'll just stay because mm. I want to do the best job I can there's, there's um, a lesson there for any supplier it's that you, you do your job and you do a good job and you get what you need and uh, you know for, for me and you it's you get to that first set of the band okay I've got enough I can yeah. go home but at knowing and recognising when there's the opportunities are there this could be brilliant later on this is good content for me and if, you yeah. know, if you're a different type of supplier obviously there's different things you could be doing just to go above and beyond because not only will you get a better content out of that yep. and be able to do it better but the brand and groom are going to be so much more appreciative aren't they I, yeah. I see it a lot now where photographers you know how many they're doing a lot of weddings <laughs> what time and, they leave and they've been doing it for a long time <laughs> I just know the type of person. Well, so, for instance, if we do a wedding like Dame or Brandon, you know he's going to stay there forever, don't you? And yeah. he's enjoying it. Yeah. And yeah. I think minimising your weddings allows you to enjoy it a bit more and want to see it And when I longer, say, you know. like, I've I've done weddings where the photographer has left, at, you know, at, they've, they've been booked till this time. And Contracted they've, and time. They've, and they've yeah. left at the yeah. time that they've done. And they've, right, I'm, I'm good, I'm happy, I'm going home. And and they leave. And their branding room then see that I'm still there. Oh, it's and brownie it's not that, for you. It's not yeah. that I'm, like, doing it to... To, to one up the photographer but it's just that I, well I'm not done I'm, I'm staying I'm yeah. happy I, I, I want to get this and I'm yeah. not going to rush off it sends a message out to everybody else at that wedding and as I well just, you're dedicated I, yeah and I think the brown and oh, green yeah. are like oh you're going to oh, oh you're staying for a bit oh thanks yeah. and they just think that all of us and the I, psychology I never, that is powerful yeah, as well beforehand I was like no I'm going to stay till this time so they knew that anyway yeah. but as soon as they see the other suppliers going home and me still there then even though I told them I'd still be there they suddenly think yeah. that that's... Oh, We're going to get loads of hate on this video. Yeah. Photographers, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, my rule. And I, again, it shouldn't be a competition, but yeah, don't leave before the videographer leaves. Just, just to go back to um, what you said about potentially getting content from a wedding day, because um, and, and I do my behind-the-scenes stuff, Yeah, I, I have to really think about which weddings are going to be, A, good enough for me to... To like, what's a good kind of portfolio wedding for me to do a behind-the-scenes content at? And judging the couple, and do you do you have a process of like which ones you think might be appropriate, and how do you how do you um, communicate that and work it with the couple? Because I worry that if I say to them, "Oh, by the way, I'm going to be doing behind the scenes video," and I'm turning to my camera and talking, oh, totally, I don't yeah. want it's a, I don't want people to look and be like, "Oh, he's this idiot. The day's not about him." I don't want to make the couple yeah. feel uncomfortable. Really good question, and I never ever would like monetize a wedding. At the end of the day, if you go into a wedding, whether it's a videographer, you're, you're photographer, there to concentrate on the wedding, yeah, exactly. You? But what so what when I'm talking about like getting some content, bearing in mind that I'm more directing what I do at photographers i will do like little what i call how i shot it videos where in the mm. evening i was going to set up some off-camera flash images and i'll just walk around before the bride and groom are out they're they're having the meal or something like yeah. that and i'll just sort of do a little just get my phone it's, it's not professional video mm. it's just me walking out with my phone like I've got one light stand here one here one here what yeah, i'm going to so do is place a couple so it's here not the couple it's, it's not at all yeah. no and if anything it's sharpening me up because i'm thinking i've got to if i want to make this worthy of making a video it's yeah. got to be good yeah. so i will then stick with that so the couple might even be aware um that i'm doing it and if it is that video is usually like 
going to be very minimal. I have done videos where I've done behind the scenes at weddings uh, and I've, I've chosen those weddings because they're a little bit different. Maybe it's a big Indian wedding, for example, where there's loads going on yeah. and um, stuff like that. Or it might be, there's something unique about that wedding. Yeah, so you're not regurgitating the same info and you can share, you can show a diff- showcase a different technique. Or Precisely. Do you need permission? Have you ever asked for permission? Yeah, so, so with those, if I want to do a bigger behind the scenes, and again, all I will do, that means I put a little GoPro on my camera, just hit record, and then when it's all happening, my mind is not on the GoPro, my mind is on what I'm shooting, but I'm getting the content at the same time. Yeah. But I will always let the couples know in advance, and I'll offer them a bit of a discount as well. And I will okay. stress to them that this is That's not nice. going to impact anything on your day, but... If you want any of the footage, well, that's yours. Yeah. And here's an example of when I've done it before. And that, for a fact, has got me weddings, especially Indian weddings, because there can be this reluctance sometimes with Indian weddings to hire someone who maybe isn't as familiar with the culture. And I can say, oh, so if I get any any inquiry now and I love shooting Indian Hindu weddings, I will send behind the scenes videos of what I've made to YouTube, which also means that they're going to see that I've made a lot of videos, that I've got you know a little bit of following. Some will like that. And, and they do. And they'll watch it afterwards and go, it's just extra content yeah. in their wedding, isn't but it? But yeah, I, they it's definitely know angle. beforehand, and that frees me up as well to not worry. But it's only ever yeah. GoPro video, or, or GoPro on my camera, and then when they're having the meal, I might do a little bit of talking to the camera, but we all have time for that, because we just sat down doing yeah, it anyway. It's a tricky balance, isn't it? Because you've got, I mean, we've all got to promote ourselves in some way, and, and these days it's, it's doing stories on Instagram on a wedding day, and yeah. be like, hey, I'm here with the couple, and selfies but then it's just balancing that with with not impacting it because I, yeah. I've been in Facebook groups where they're like uh, well you should be focusing 100% on providing a service you shouldn't be promoting yourself says the people but who you, don't dare to do what you're but, doing but you've got to promote yourself <laughs> haven't you? yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it's probably because yeah they don't have the yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll be challenged. You're challenging them. You're yeah. showing them a new way, and yeah. um, and that's and, the way that and it's, and it's a way that's appealing and getting bookings and precisely. And, and brides and grooms these days look at con- the new trend of content, content creators. They actually yeah. love brides and that. grooms. Love yeah, it. They love that's it. a really Any bonus content. They love yeah. it. Yeah. So a big topic at the minute, Neil, um, is AI, mm. and I've seen many articles saying it's going to be the end of. Industries, <laughs> end of world, yeah. but some specifically for wedding photography so, and wedding businesses. Um, and I know you've done a recent video on it, which has had some good feedback and some negative <laughs> some feedback. Bad feedback. Yeah, had a lot of feedback. Like it was, I saw you post a video about AI and how you've used it for photography-wise, because I know there's a lot of um, sort of aspects of photography that you can turn into AI. Yeah, and obviously, so you've made videos and it's been received there was there was a sprinkling of controversy in it yeah um, but I, I think i want to look at i think we should look at the positives from it because and there are a lot well, i'd like to know what the opinions were and why there was negatives if there were but like um not just photography like what's your experiences with it in just general for anyone listening who's any type of wedding supplier how can we use ai yeah so it there first of all there are obviously good things about AI and virtually everything that we do now online there is an AI version and I think any workflow that you have anything that is a process that you repeat in over for every wedding doing that the same thing that will be taken over by AI so for example blog posts now you can write a blog post using chat GPT in seconds and it's gonna be really good as well. AI you, you can you, have it structured you can tell it to write your email. What tone of voice you want as well. It, yeah. yeah, exactly. Um that that's an obvious one. For photographers especially, AI now is being brought in for culling, which I've not been able to I mm. I 
still can't get my head around that. You know, you you take 5,000 pictures on a wedding day, it will cut it down to a 1,000 of the best ones. Like, it's crazy. Wow. But if, yeah. Time saver. Exactly. Time saver a lot of time, because I don't obviously I, pull, pull in something that's... I've uh, not actually used it, because I can't get my head around how it can be used. But I know a lot of photographers are now fully on board with it, and it's part of their workflow. And they'll be editing, a, uh, culling a wedding 10 times faster than I am. Um, AI editing is now becoming a big, big thing, and it's part of my workflow. Yes, to a degree. Like I would say, without going to all the boring stuff, it will do 70% of of what most people would do. And then it can't do that bit yet, which is basically in Lightroom, it can't do any selective adjustments, but it will get there. So that will become something. And it's allowing people to be able to put images out a lot quicker. Without getting too technical and specific on photography, Mm -hmm. for any other suppliers listening, but. Um, so, I, is it generative fill? Generative fill, so yeah. Even if you're not a photographer, so what? Because what I'm thinking is, for any type of supplier, if they've just got a quick snap on their phone that they want to put on Instagram, yeah, but it's not quite framed right, you can use generative fill to exactly. generate so a whole new photo or part of a photo. It's crazy. So what it what it does, like in in layman's terms, if you if you have a, like you said, Adam, if you've got a photograph and say you've got like you're in it and there's lots of distracting elements all around, like you can now clone out, like going round the things that you don't want, just use generative filter, and this is available in the new face, uh, Photoshop beta, hit delete or, or, or literally ask it to remove something. You mm. type it in and it will, and you think, yeah, but you can't know what's behind there, but it does a brilliant job, yeah. like a, a freakishly good job that I can't get my head around. So, uh, for example, a DJ wants to a DJ wants to get a picture of the dance floor to promote himself on Instagram. Yeah, pack dance floor. I'll get a picture of that. It'll make it'll make me look good. And stuff. yeah, but then videographer over here is in the background, so he could just select me and go get rid of this person. Literally, and it would get rid of me, but replace me with what should be in the background. Yeah, and it's you can't. It's like that doesn't wow. make any sense. And you could do, you could do other things, not that you'd want to, but it's you magic. Could, isn't it? If it you're is gonna, magic. yeah, if you're gonna take the picture of that DJ, say say you've got a. Di- Take Sandy Murphy, you know, on, on his decks and stuff, and then you, you take a picture of him. He could then take that photograph, select background, so it selects everything in the background, and, and literally type in, replace with beach at sunset. And then Andy Murphy's on Ibiza, DJing in Ibiza. It's, it's crazy. And the <laughs> thing is, you think that can't be possible, or if it is possible, it's going to look terrible. It does not look terrible. That I was my concern. Is that's because you can do you could do manual version of a similar sort of thing. Can't would it look you? obviously but photoshopped? That wouldn't actually. Certain things would. What, what it can't getting. do at the moment is really add in people very well, but it can certainly add in background really with well. Like seven fingered hands. Ex- exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it will get there because <laughs> in that video, I this was uh, using software called Mid Journey. It was. It came out 13 months ago, and if you typed, you could literally type in from scratch, photograph of bridesmaids laughing, and it would look terrible. Like it's almost laughable. Now you do it, and it is so realistic. People would like, oh, that's is that real? Is and you're second guessing it. That's how realistic it so is. So I saw your video that was you had, you generated some photos purely out of completely out of mid journey yeah. from purely ai and then you'd taken some actual wedding photos and it was it was trying to spot the you put them all together and spot which ones are real spot which ones are ai some of them which yeah. i could tell they were ai when i looked at them properly but from a distance or at a glance they looked 
and, and this was on. the point of the video that I was making. If say like in in twelve months, it's gone from being laughable, like literally, like and terrible. It's only ever going to get better. Precisely. In a year's time, you won't be able to tell the difference between a photograph that was real and one that's going to be completely generated this, by AI. This could be a whole new, a whole it's, separate it's, podcast episode. But so it my, be, it's never ever. I thought it's ever going to replace photographer. Well, then because there's different people, and you know the, who the people are going to be. Correct. But it can help you with the editing side of things. And yeah, yeah, for any point, you can time. speed up your workflow because it can. And it can help you with your emails and obviously you tweak that to make sure that it's yeah of course yeah you can write blog posts as you say you can help you design your website you can now yeah you can now create a website in next to no time using ai and it's it's so much easier you don't need to have that technical background what i was going to ask was um for someone setting up a new business and um setting up a website Obviously, as uh, you know, a, a new wedding photographer, for example, not shot a wedding before, has no content, mm. but then can generate loads of this fake is, photos. This from is AI a scary thing. And fill their website with amazing-looking images yeah. that are aren't noticeably different from real photography. Is that not? like a dangerous thing it's it, exactly Scary. the point I think it's usually dangerous and it's not dangerous for, because for us it's dangerous for the for couples, couples who then yeah. aren't going to know the difference they, they need to do their own book investigation work they're yeah. going to book that person on the strength of their portfolio in inverted commas for the podcast and then, and then they turn up and they haven't got a clue how to shoot a wedding yeah <laughs> yeah. literally that, that, that could, I could go home now and I could make a website within or, two or three hours which would look shit hot Andy Murphy DJ who's been pictured in Ibiza on a beach yep. doing a wedding which is it's complete bogus because it was on AI so then someone books him on for his a destination wedding and he turns up at, not saying that Andy Murphy I've got to say no. the moral is you don't book Andy Murphy <laughs> <laughs> no, no but he's going to kill it because he's brilliant yeah. Yeah. Sorry, so to Mr. Mr. Joe Bloggs DJ that's like oh yeah I do weddings in IB for all the time because he's made an AI photo and then he turns up at the airport and he doesn't Exactly. Like, yeah. Know the rig- and yeah. It, like it's the brides and grooms that are going to. You, you can take scenario, it. You could take a it? real photograph of a real bride and groom. Change the background. Let's change it from me, uh, Mitten Hall. Let's change it to a mountain top in Norway. Okay. So the next question is. He's <laughs> not good, by the way. Do you, do you think brides and grooms are going to want that? Because no, I, I've had in the past. And I'm hoping a ge- that they genuine inqu- question that I got was, in the video, it was a overcast kind of rainy sort of day after the wedding she came to me and said can you photoshop in the sun so it made it look like it was sunny right which obviously i wouldn't have been able to i wouldn't have done and i wouldn't have been able to do Uh, yeah i don't we can do with video video. yet yeah you will be able to do that in in photography yeah and you could like do you think this brides and grooms are going to be like can you make it look like we got married on the moon no i it's a good question now i my couples, no. I don't think they want anything that isn't authentic. And I, and I think what you'll happen over the next year, two years, is you will have like a division within photography, especially where you will almost be prov- like promoting yourself on the fact that you're authentic, that you're real, that you don't use AI. Yeah. And it'll cause a division. And I'd like to think that the couples out there will actively not want AI. And it will almost like cause this, yeah. this split. But there will be couples, like especially you know, like we'll all know couples and there's people out there who, who are so used to changing reality now on on Instagram because filters, Snapchat, you know, all like how many times yeah. you see like pictures of, and it's so fake. But that's how people want to portray themselves to the world because they want to show this this untrue reality of themselves. Mm. Those couples, I can see one. 
just want their wedding to look as good as it can, even if it wasn't true. So that, that I think there will be a certain amount. Mm. I, I do feel that the vast majority of people will want authenticity, but we're going into a weird area now that we can't really know what's going to happen. It's unknown, isn't it? It's very and much unknown. this isn't very helpful, by the way. No, it's, it's not. Me, it's fascinating, though. Um, it's fascinating. So well, just to go back to the positives, yeah. Then, like, yeah. What can how, people, how can, how can it be used how can, in your business? People use it? Well, I would say like the, the, the obvious ones is, is if you're thinking, oh, I, sh I should be blogging, I should be writing things down for SEO, but it's so boring. You don't need to now. You could, and I wouldn't ever copy verbatim what, say, GPT uses, but I would use it as a basis and then copy and paste is, that and then just tweak it. Is that the the most obvious time saver? Because typing out text. Yeah, I think so. I, I, text, I, text, I, text away, I've not it? blogged for way too long, and the reason is it's just like, oh, can't be bothered. Going so that's one. To SEO. I've not done this. I don't know if you know. Can can you say to ChatGTP, for example, I want to rank for this search term. Please make me a blog post including these words. I'm not sure, but almost certainly you would be able to. I'd say so. Yeah, I'd be. And even this is the thing with AI. If you can't do that now, you will be able to in six months. It's progressing so fast that anything you think is not possible, it will be possible. It's you know like it's going to affect every single area of the job that we do uh actually like you're pretty immune howard i see because you're doing a job which is very person people unless orientated they, unless you can get a robot, a robot yeah just like me and sounds just <laughs> like yeah me. but you're an entertainer yeah. that robot would have to be as limber as you are and sing like you yeah. do and yeah and have the same level of banter. although did you see, did you knows? hear drake's album that was made by oh, AI, AI. And it sounded just like drake yeah it's so crazy someone could replicate your voice yeah. no problem yeah yeah but they can't go and give it performance no no they can't yet yeah, no this no is what i think is that Couples are never gonna, never gonna get to maybe in hundred years, but they're not gonna get to a point where they go. Do you know what? Rather than having Adam there, I'll have a robot that films the day. Like I could use it for editing eventually, hopefully, yeah. and I could use it for other areas. But I'm always gonna be the person we, there on the day. We are pretty that, immune, thankfully. I think doing the jobs that the three of us do, or th different jobs, but in the same industry, I think we're you know authenticity will always win out for us. Yeah. But it is a shame, like for photo editing, for example, overnight photo editors more or less gone because Photoshop can replace them. Editors, editorials, web, writers, web designers, co copywriters gone because yeah, you don't social need media to say, people. Exactly. So Maybe. it's it's chopping out a lot of a lot of jobs and you've already Caterers, got a look at the news yeah robot in the kitchen yeah, exactly out. yeah if there's loads but you know robot dj that what, might be a yeah that'd be cool yeah, yeah. what would be Spotify playlist yeah wow. i think what will definitely come as well as the positive is if you then going back to what we talked about before if you get like bits of content throughout a day just on your phone you'll be able to put that into software and it will create a reel for you that looks really but good it kind of does that Beat you can matching. get that now kind there's, there's yeah. going to be a point where you can feed in all the guests photos and videos to build that scene of the day ai will use that to make an actual wedding film yeah that could be done to the style of martin scorsese or wes anderson for example yeah hollywood style yeah Ooh, maybe you're not as and immune that, as you think ruins me but I, <laughs> well, you've I got to capture it though you've yeah. still got to capture it the well. guests are capturing that yeah but taking the guest footage putting it all together don't you think, sticking it into an don't AI. you think that the bride and groom will know that that wasn't real yeah and I, they would rather have it captured authentically yeah it goes back to authenticity every, again yeah and that, I think we're going to get to we a point are when it does become a, th a normality that people are going to be and especially for the weddings that we're kind of the market that we're in and this is where for a lot of players should always be trying to target this higher endish market yeah because those people will gen will care about authenticity and will correct be they'll be willing to pay for it the lower end might be happy to just take the guest stuff and put it into ai because they couldn't yeah. they, you know they didn't want to hire yeah. a videographer or couldn't afford it or whatever it might be 
better for the. I don't know. Maybe maybe it might be better for the lower end. I'm thinking. It might, yeah. But I think the people, the people those, with those, the big budgets will just go. Do you know what? We've got the money. We'd we'd rather just hire someone. We want the the authentic. Of course, thing. yeah. We're willing to yeah. pay for it. I think it needs to become more of our messaging, though, that, about the authenticity. That will have to be something that we have to. That's why we this should react. Back. That's, that's an interesting sh- point. That you, you you you've been using it as a selling point in the future. Exactly, you know, everything I think is so. real. This you know, is yeah. like the power of you you showing your face and you're doing the YouTube and the personal branding. Yeah. Because then people can see you and then you, they, they buys, know you are real. It helps yeah. with that authenticity. Just for the benefit of our viewers. Matter. The, the video that you've done on the AI, what's it called and where can they find it? Just We'll link it. We'll uh, link it. Yeah, link it. I just know the thumbnail, I just put like, it was a, it was an AI image with the word fake over it and it doesn't look fake. That's the whole point. And so it's it done well on your YouTube channel? channel. Yeah, it's done very well in terms of views because it's such a hot topic and people are threatened by it. And, you know, there is a sense we're going to have to embrace it to a degree. And yes, obviously, couples want don't want fake photographs, but it's more about, like you said before, what will happen when everyone's got an amazing portfolio now because you don't have, it's easy. If you've got even a bad photograph, you can sort of use AI to make, you know, to make it make look it, decent. Make it usable, so, yeah. so yeah, everyone's homepage is going to look really good. Everyone's portfolio could look really good. And it might not be, it might be 50% real, 50% fake, but to tell the difference is going to be really difficult. So mm. we then have to come up with a way to differentiate ourselves and say, look, just, and educate our couples as well. This is what I, I will start to drop in now. Things, you know, about the authenticity and just say, just almost like as a as a joke, almost, but like, oh, because what's coming in now is is AI. Well, this, and, this is a, a great Because couples won't know any of this. Great closing message is that um, th- that personal branding and showing yourself and doing behind the scenes stuff yeah. and, and just become, being as personable as possible and showing it online is more important than ever because Always, yeah. the authenticity is going to really matter the more AI comes in. Correct, 100%, yeah. Which you, obviously you do really well in. Um, it's yeah, something that we advocate all the time. Isn't all it? the time, personal branding, without a doubt. Every yeah. time. Couple of questions to finish, to finish on. on. We've got. Well, before we get into the the couple that we always like to end Go on. on let's um, have a look. We had a we had a question from cool. A, and it's, someone wanted to ask this on Instagram. Um, so this is from Mike Re Reading Reading, um, and it's what is your number one business hack or gadget, if you have one. Ooh. Which I thought was cool. I mean, yeah. For me, it's always obviously going to be, it's more of a, of a way of shooting, but it's going to be off-camera flash. That's always what sets me apart. Your that's, niche, that's, yeah. that's your niche. Yeah, exactly. And and I, what I would say is, like, whatever your niche is, lean into it. Don't try and be a jack-of-all-trades. And, you know, like, so, for example, on my Instagram, I tend to show much more off-camera flash images than I do natural light photographs because I, I want the messaging to be clear like this is what I do this is what I feel like I'm best at so it then means that if couples want that they're going to be very drawn to what I do and I think maybe again it's not like it's a, an obvious answer but just show what you want to be booked for if you're a photographer and don't fall down the road the, like into the trap of thing you've got to be a jack of all trades I've got mm. to show natural mm. moments I've got to show details I've got to show group shots I've got to show wow portraits like go, whatever you feel is your best and what resonates both with you best with you show that oh, and, and the other thing I'll say go back to the beginning because I think this is re- if I was starting a business tomorrow it's to make personal relationships not just online going and meeting people and getting to know other suppliers well. No, that's massive. Perfect. Next Gosh. question. Quick Next question. Um, if you had to have another role within the wedding industry or another ooh. job or another career, not photography, what would it be? Not video. Should we say not video as well because it's a similar thing? What's, yeah. What, I mean, what, free what, ring. 
Free reign, what would you do? We've all answered this on previous podcasts. Oh, that's a really good question. I can't sing unless I've had a couple of drinks. So I'm not going to do your job. I think I've witnessed that. Definitely don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I'm not allowed to do video. Uh, what would I do? Would, would you, though, if you had the option? If, well, that's too do you know what? I, 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 think I, I think I would, but I know that I will be very bad at it. I think, And what I always like, admire with your work, a good videographer's work is is the the ability to tell a story through moving images, basically. Yeah. And I think the edit is where I would really struggle. I think I'd be all right shooting right, so stuff. If, but, so yeah. if it wasn't video, then what? Content creation. <laughs> <laughs> love it, love them. <laughs> so, the, so the other kind of question that we ask everybody is, what is this kind of becoming a tradition of? What is your most embarrassing or funniest story that you've seen at a wedding? Because I get asked this all the time. Yeah, do you know what? Like, I, you must I, have seen one thing that stands out. Yeah, there's an obvious one, and the reason it's obvious for me is just because. It, it was caught on film by Tom Harrington. Oh, you might have seen it. Like, it it's, it's a long time ago. It's always the one that I go to, which is just me. Basically, I was shooting a wedding with Tom and we'd arrived at the church after being at the bride's house in the morning and everything was a little bit late and the bridesmaids were wa- bride and bridesmaids walking into the church. This was a winter wedding as well, so it was all very slippy. It was one of those churches where, I don't know, the, the grace home from the floor. You know, I, I don't know right. how you say that, but um, and, yeah, I, and flat, I was flat ones. Yeah, yeah I so mean, I was yeah. taking photographs of the bridesmaids from behind, like as they're all going in, and then I wanted one from the front. So ran round them really quick, and as I'm running, I slip on one of these gravestones and literally go flying. And you can, and Tom captured this, and um, you can just see, see the look of shock on. The, I can send you the video over. The look of shock on Please the bridesmaids' faces. I'll put it over the top of the video. Yeah, for this. ignore my hair in that though. Okay. Oh, God, you're right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> didn't get that, did you? No. <laughs> you okay? Yeah, yeah, as long as I'm not muddy. Excuse the mud. But yeah, I'm fine. But yeah, you've got I to look, find that video. I'll Adam. send it to you. Put it, please. Um, and um, yeah, and then I had mud all down myself, and I got, I'm, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. And thankfully I was, but I had to then go like say, oh, honestly, it's all fine. But I had to walk into the church then with mud, literally caked all down the side Ugh. and the groom was like I said it's all fine trust me it's all fine and it's just the the adrenaline was just going so fast and just thinking I hope I am all right because sometimes you don't know how much you've yeah, hurt yeah, yourself yeah, yeah. and um what I'll always yeah. like I love Tom to bits and what he did so I said to Tom oh you didn't get that he went no mate no not didn't get it no you're all right though really caring when <laughs> yeah, it was all right he, he said, got it I've got that mate and I was like, oh. <laughs> So yeah, it would Sounds be. There would be lots of other things, but that's the one that always like sticks out. I it kept... wasn't when we did Tom's wedding, was it? it wasn't. No, no, no. no, no. no it oh was... no, come and talk about because Tom was Tom was, was, Tom was work, Yeah, I worked with Kerry Woods. Silly, silly question. Uh, recently at Mitten Hall, <laughs> and a hair caught fire. No. Oh yes, I remember that one. And singed all the hair. And I... <laughs> See that? That's a good story. The Andy Murphy one last week. Did you, have you got to that yet? Have you been? No, you I, to the no end? I'm about oh, right. 50 minutes in. That's interesting. Well, you have to tune in if you want to hear that story. Don't <laughs> don't spoil it. The last tradition that we do is to ask the guest to then leave a question for the next guest. So that the last guest we had on was Andy Murphy, um, and he said, "What was the what the, song makes you want to go crazy and join in at the wedding? And would you feel appropriate doing so?" Not would, 19 Forever by the Cortinas or Step on Happy Mondays. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. instantly. Yeah. In? I can't hear you... the intro to step on without wanting does it, to. Does it, does it 
more well do you, do you feel conscious of getting on the dance floor with the guests yeah I, I do i do I, as i said before i, I i'm a shy intro- i know i, I yeah. can turn things on but inherently i'm a quite a shy mm-hmm. introverted person so on the dance floor like the the cameras are like my protection if you know what i mean like I, i've got a right to be there because i'm taking pictures yeah. but it's like the moment <laughs> the camera's down i, I wouldn't be no I'd, I'd i've got to have a few drinks in before i'm going to start start dancing yeah. Yeah. and what's your question for the next guest Ooh, let me think it's business related if possible it's business related <laughs> if you wanted to get into working at a new venue you've never worked at what would be the the first thing you would do in order to achieve that Nice. Brilliant. Boom. Boom. Neil Redfern, thank you so Neil much Redfern. for coming on. Thank you. Honestly, I, I, I love you both. I, I've always admired what you do. You two are just so good at what you do. And I love that you're doing this as well for the, for the industry. This is important. So, so, yeah, thank you both. It's been an honour to be part of a wing sandwich. <laughs> That's a great um, way to finish. You're, you're on Instagram, you're on, you're on YouTube, Neil Redfern... Yeah, just put, put my name in. Yeah, yeah. you'll find me or the ex-footballer. <laughs> I'm the one who didn't play for Oldham. Right. <laughs> Got it. Right. Nice one. Thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. Pleasure. Thank Brilliant. you. Cool. Legend. So, thanks so much for listening. We really hope that you found this episode insightful, inspirational, and if you did enjoy that, then please consider subscribing to us wherever you get your podcasts: iTunes, Spotify. We're a Think Wedding Business. We're also on YouTube and Instagram. So if you want to watch us, you can go over to YouTube and find us at Think Wedding Business and the same over on Instagram to keep up with all of our future episodes. We'd really love you to subscribe and join us on this journey. And if you do like this content, please consider giving us a five-star review. It just helps us get seen and helps spread the word. So thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.